Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, um, before we dismiss the youth and the kids, I, I believe, I don't know if the young adults are in or out tonight, but they're in tonight. And uh, But uh, I, we have, I have a very special friend here tonight that I want to recognize. And uh, uh, Sister Skiles and I have known uh, Sister Kathy Drake for many, many, many years. And um, my goodness, probably 25 plus, uh, let's see, 26, something like that, longer than that maybe. But, but uh, you've often heard me tell the story about how that I went uh, and I went and I was going to join and sing behind Vince Gill and I had all these plans and plots and things in my mind and had, you know, doors open and all of this, so I thought. And so on a Tuesday night, or I believe it was a Saturday night, rather not a Tuesday night, but a Saturday night, I went into prayer meeting, Living Waters, it was 1995, and uh, yes, that's how long ago it was, amen. But uh, we went into prayer meeting, and, and I was walking down the hall, you know, getting ready to go into the prayer meeting, and she, she found me in the hallway, and she said, where you been? I said, you know, she said, uh-huh, where you been, brother? I said, well, you know, <laughs> I thought, why is she asking me this, you know? I knew where I'd been, amen. Been to a concert the night before, and, you know, went backstage and met people, and you know, and, and things were starting to get lined up for me, and and uh, and she said, "Look, she looked me right in the right in the eye, and I was standing against the wall. She put her finger right on my chest. She said, "Don't you dare, don't you dare sell your soul to the highest bidder. The devil has a plan for your life, but God has a greater plan. The devil wants to derail what God has in store for you. God has a great plan for you, Jonathan Scales, and it ain't to sing country music. Amen." He called you to minister this gospel and minister in music and wherever he takes you, I don't know, but I'm going to tell you right now what the devil's trying to dangle before your face and that carrot in front of you is not God. And she said, I'm going to tell you right now, don't you sell your soul. I'll never forget that. Don't you sell your soul to the highest bidder. And you know what I'm going to, I'm going to tell you tonight? I thank God for people of God that will get in your face and tell you, Amen. In love, the truth. Amen. Because I don't know where I'd been had somebody not got before me and God sent her and put her in my life at that time. And even today, we're friends, prayer warriors, and she came all the way down here from Yucca Valley. Amen. To be in service with us. And I want her to stand up. I want, I just want to say, Kathy, we thank God for you. Come here, sis. Come here. Come here. Lord, is this thing on? It is now. Amen. Appreciate this lady. Praise Lord. I want her to testify. She's a preacher too. <laughs> testify, Kathy. Oh, we'll be here all night. I thank the Lord that he called me in La Harbor Church as a little girl right out there on 2nd Street. And he laid his hands. But before that, and I'm not going to tell you the whole thing, my mama had 37 shock treatments carrying me. She had two test medicines that were not even given to chill, to babe, to rats. Wasn't even tested. It was tested on my mom at Norwalk Hospital. You'll hear that whole story someday. I thought that everybody knew that. But the reason Jonathan said what he said tonight is I'm no big deal. Christ is the big deal. I'm no big deal and don't think you are either. We're just called to be God's hands. And you know, when God asks you and virtue leaves you, and it left me for two tonight, so get ready if God so sees. But I'm telling you, when you see the discerning of the Lord and you know there's a broken heart, or you know that someone's trying to steal God's jewels right out from under the kingdom, look how many souls would not be touched. And what Jonathan didn't tell you that night is I didn't know the whole story, thank God. I probably would have spanked him, but... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know the whole story. And I'm thankful because I don't need to know. God knew. The devil knew there was a bidding going on. There was a bidding and it said no. The judge said no. And so that night when we crossed, I knew virtue left me. So I'm not a big deal. I thank you that Christ is the big deal. And never stop walking because the art of the evangelist has to come alive. The art of the evangelist has to come alive and pull up that which is unlikely.
like God in our life. And I'm thankful that my mama stood when the doctor said she couldn't have me. The mama stood and prayed and said, no, God promised me. I was sanctioned to go to Porterville Hospital to the deformed children. I was supposed to have webbed feet, no feet, no brain, and couldn't talk. Imagine that. And see, God had the final say. And so with that, I can't stop but say that my Savior lives. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for his glory tonight. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So many lives depend on what we do. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful. We were in youth ministry with Wayne and Kathy, and Wayne's went home to be with the Lord. You know, but they were tremendous youth pastors and youth leaders, and, and, and she was a mama bear. Let me tell you something. Amen. You, you just, if you got offended, just throw it out the window. Amen. Because she, she loved you so much. Amen. And, and, and she'll love beyond your offense. You get upset. All right. I don't care, but I love you. Amen. And I'm not going to watch you go to hell. I'm not going to watch you make decisions to do that. But she'd fight for you, amen, fight for you on her knees. And so I appreciate Kathy. And I know it's Christ. We know it's the Lord, amen, amen. But we are his hand extended, thank God. It's like I've said time and time again, Jesus is the answer for our salvation. But he said, I've raised up a church to be the answer for the world. We have to go into all the world and preach the gospel, amen. You can't preach it without the Holy Ghost. You can't be effective without the Holy Ghost. We need the Spirit of God greater now than we've ever needed the Spirit of God. And so I'm thankful tonight. God has a plan that no matter what the devil tries to do to spoil it or thwart it, amen, he's a liar, amen. He's defeated. He's defeated at Calvary when Jesus said it is finished. He kicked his teeth out. He stripped him of his power. And I can tell you tonight, thank God, amen, for this wonderful Christ and the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. He is alive. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We're going to have Kathy back. Amen. She's going to preach one night or Sunday. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure something out. But she's, she, I appreciate you, Kathy. We love you. Amen. You pray for her. She's got two boys, and, and uh, we're praying for one. He's, you know, the Bible says that, um, that you train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they're older, they'll not depart from it. He never said they wouldn't try. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so you can try all you want, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you're God's child, you're not getting away. Amen. So praise the Lord. You pray for her son, Joshua. You pray for him that God would just touch and put a hook in his jaw. God's got something planned for both of her boys. Praise the name of the Lord. And so Daniel and Joshua. But this time we're going to go ahead and dismiss the youth and the kids. They can go to their class. And everybody else can turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6. Are you ready for the word of God tonight? Amen. So am I. I'm ready for the word of God tonight. I'm ready for him. I... I've been praying and seeking God throughout this day, and the Lord's been so beautiful, just met me in my prayer time and met me, and, and uh, you know, <laughs> praise God. I'm just thankful tonight. I'm excited. I'm excited in Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, heaven's going to be a place where we're never going to stop praising God. We're just going to continue to praise Him and worship Him. It's like Mark Ford wrote that song. I believe it was Mark that wrote it. Uh, on the day that has no end. And uh, there's coming a day that has no end. And we're going to worship Him on the day that has no end. And so I, I just, I'm, a, I'm just thankful, looking forward to that day and that moment uh, in heaven and eternity. But while we're here, we're to praise Him with everything we've got. We're to live for Him with everything that we've got. And uh, the, we have the Holy Ghost. And that Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, propels us down, uh, down along this journey every day. And so I'm thankful for that. But tonight in Hebrews chapter 6, we're going to start reading in verse 1. And just read down just two verses and then I'm going to pray. And then we'll get right into this word. And it says here in the word of God in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. It says, therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ... Let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, 
of the doctrine of baptisms and of the laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. But he says in that first verse, let us go on unto perfection. Let us go on unto perfection. Let's pray over the Word of God tonight and this this time in, in, in the Word. Father, we thank You for the great privilege and honor to be here tonight, to worship You and to have a reunion, God, and just enjoy Your presence and Your Spirit. And Lord, I just thank You for Your Word. I'm thankful for it because it brings faith. It brings instruction. It brings encouragement. God, it, it, it just it brings, Lord, light and life to us, Lord. It's a living word, and we thank you tonight for your word. And God, I just pray that you will let this word go forth and you'll minister to this congregation tonight and help me, Father God, because I can tell you I'm the least of my brethren, Lord. I'm scraping the, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel with me. But, Lord, I thank you tonight that if you can use a donkey, you can use me. If you can use a chicken, you can use me. God, I've come to submit myself and humble myself before you and ask you to move, God, tonight in the midst of all of my weaknesses and, Lord, all of my flaws and, Lord, all of my inadequacies, Lord, and I ask you to move through me tonight. I submit myself unto you. Have thine own will and way and teach us tonight, Lord, and encourage us about progression in you. We thank you and give you all the praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name we ask Amen and amen. Now I'm just entitled this tonight, Progression in the Spirit. And we'll get there in just a minute. But I want to share with you tonight, I'm using this particular text as a starting point as we listen to what the Apostle Paul exhorts us to do here in the book of Hebrews. And the one word that I want us to get is go on to perfection. God wants us to go on and move on to perfection. He said, let us, let us, because every one of us can fall victim to stagnation. We can fall victim to being on the sidelines. When God wants us to get on that holy highway and He wants us to put down the gas pedal and He doesn't want us to let up, amen? But He wants us to move on to perfection. And Paul said, let us, because he said, the possibility for me to be a castaway is possible. If we don't stay, you know, and keep our face set like a flint, if we don't look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, we'll find ourselves tonight, church, on the sidelines. But God is calling us to greater things. He's calling us to a deeper consecration. He's calling us to a deeper commitment and a deeper experience in Him. That's why He told Timothy in one of the lowest moments of his life, stir up the gift of God that's within you, Timothy. Don't let anybody despise your youth. God's not given you a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind he's called you to something don't be ashamed because I'm in prison Timothy for the gospel's sake but keep on keeping on stir up the gift of God within you because I can tell you there's a world that we have to reach for Jesus Christ there's a world that we have to evangelize he said let us move on to perfection he told Timothy, stir up the gift of God within you. In 1 Timothy 4.15, he told him, neglect not the gift. And now he's saying in the second letter to Timothy, verse, chapter 1, verse 6, stir up the gift. Don't neglect it, first of all. But if you neglect it and you find yourself at a place of stagnation or a place where you're not moving at all, you've got to stir up the gift of God within you. Sometimes there's nobody there to encourage you. You've got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Sometimes you've got to know that though my heart is overwhelmed within me, Lord, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. You've got to ask God, take me to that place that's a higher level than where I'm at right now because I'm low but thank God he begins to revive those that are down in that low place of brokenness he doesn't want you to stay there he wants you to realize what an awesome God he is and how high he wants to take you and I Amen Amen everything in Christ is living Amen everything in Christ is living everything in Christ is growing 
Everything in Christ is progressing and is procreating. Amen? He's a God of life because He is spirit and He is life. That's what the Bible says in John chapter 8. And you see there are even stages of progression in our spiritual life, in a spirit-filled life. Thank God there's areas of progression. Don't find yourself at a place of stagnation, but go on to perfection. Move on to a greater place. John 16, 13 says, Jesus said when He has come, and when He's talking about He, He means the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost has come, the Spirit of truth, He will guide you into all truth. Now I know there's not multiple paths of truth. There's only one truth. But as you're walking along this line, God will reveal to you things of truth in your life for the moment where you're at. And the level where you're at. So wherever you're at right now, ask God to reveal to you the truth in that moment. And what you need for that moment. But I want something for tomorrow. Jesus said, take no thought for tomorrow. Amen. Take no thought for tomorrow. Just be concerned with today. You may not be here tomorrow. The church could be gone tomorrow. But he said, when he has come, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of truth, he will guide you into all truth. That is what the Holy Spirit does. He progressively takes us to deeper depths and higher heights. That's what we want. You should want to go deeper in the things of God. You should want to be at a greater level in God. You know, my son and my daughter-in-law, they recently moved into a bigger house. And they've been praying and they've been seeking God for a long time. I would say well over a year to move into a greater place, a bigger place, because they need it. And uh, God answered that. And in this climate, in this economy, you know where it's hard to find a place to buy or hard to find a place to rent. It was just an open door that God miraculously opened up. Amen. And I thank the Lord for that. But you know, they got in there and the devil already reared his ugly head because that's what he does. And he reared his ugly head through a neighbor and, and, and they, she began to get angry and she's just, you know, hasn't let it go. And my son and I are trying to build a fence in the backyard and, and she called the, the city on us and turned us into the city, you know. And so we were down there at the city, my daughter-in-law and I, and we're talking to the people at the city there and planning and zoning and all of that and trying to get a permit for this fence that we're building you know and uh, you know I didn't even know we had to have a fence to put in dog ear you know a fence that's 26 feet long I just didn't know that but that's all right. we're not trying to do anything illegal but we're standing there at the counter and Priscilla said something and it just hit me you know and she said she said something about you know I can't believe she turned us in I said you know it's a, it's a new place and higher levels higher devils I said, God opened up the door and He gave you a place and now you got a higher, you got a higher level in God. You got an answer to prayer. But if you think the devil's going to sit on the sidelines and let you enjoy the blessing of God without trying to bring terrorism and torment and persecution to you, you're wrong. Amen. Amen. But you got to keep on fighting. You got to keep on fighting. Praise God. Because what he wants to do is just wear you and die down. But I can tell you, God gives us the long-suffering and stamina uh, and His grace every day to be long-suffering with all things and waiting patiently for the perfect will of God to come to pass. And it did come to pass. And we're not going to be disturbed by a little old, you know, mishap or something that took place. We're going to rejoice and count it all joy when we enter into diverse temptations. Amen. That's right. We're going to pray for her. We have been praying for her. Amen. We want to make sure we pray the right way. Praise God. Love your enemies. It's hard to do. Love those that do all manner of evil towards you. That just want to do things to terrorize your life. Just love them. 
But that's a level in God. That's a place in God. Now, that wasn't really where I was going tonight, but that was all free. But God wants to take us into higher heights and deeper depths. And if we go to higher places in God spiritually, there's always going to be a devil to fight. Let me give you an Old Testament example. In Ezekiel chapter 47. Oh, this is so wonderful. When you get there, say amen. Ezekiel 47. That's Old Testament for you new Christians. I heard T.D. Jakes one time say, if you feel like you're called to be a preacher and you don't know where Genesis is, he said you need to get a job. See, people say, God called me. I know he's called me to preach. I said, okay, turn to Genesis. Where's that at? I said, you better pray again, brother. But it says here, and this, of course, is a vision that God showed Ezekiel. He showed him many things, but he showed him the hope of Jerusalem. We know that there came judgment, but God always comes back with grace and mercy and a hope. And thank God he does. <laughs> Hallelujah. But afterward he brought me again unto the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. There's always a river coming from the house of God where there's an altar of God. You want to know why churches are dead? They don't have an altar. And I'm not talking necessarily about a physical altar, but I am. It is a physical altar, but it's an altar that you folks make at home. You make an altar at home and you come into the house of God and the presence of God is here because you've made an altar at home. A church without an altar is not a church. It, the body of Christ has to have an altar and we have an altar and we fall in it. But the Bible says that the river's flowing from that threshold or under the threshold and right by the side of that altar. And uh, then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward and led me about the way without unto the utter gate by the way that looks eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits and he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters and the waters were to the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters where, to the, lo where the waters were to the loins. And afterward, he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not pass over for the waters were risen, waters to swim in a river that could not be passed over and he said unto me son of man hast thou seen this and he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river now this is where I want to stop but I want to share with you that this was the vision of the river that flows out of the new temple Let's just get this settled right now. It's a millennial vision that he's seeing. It's a vision of the millennial time after the rapture, after the seven-year tribulation, after Jesus has come back. It is a, uh, a eternal millennial uh, type of vision here that he sees. But he showed this to Ezekiel, and it is a vision preserved today for you and I for our edification and exhortation and hope to pursue God and to pursue Him in a greater measure. Now listen, it is powerful as it relates to progression in God and deeper things. God wants to take us into deeper things. Will you go? Amen. Do you want to go? Amen. He's calling us into those deeper things. Now there are several things I hope that we get from this passage of Scripture that I just read. Six short verses. Number one, because I want to get right into it, is that the Holy Ghost is the leader into all truths. Into all truth, rather, but uh, uh, specific things you could consider it plural in your life. But the Holy Ghost is the leader of all truth, and He's always bringing Ezekiel progressively further in this passage. Just like He's always endeavoring to bring you and I further in the things of God. If you desire to go deeper, you will. 
If you desire to go deeper, you will. He will bring you there. And I want you to notice that the waters are issuing from under the threshold. God desires devotion from you and I. That's the greatest beginning, okay? That's the only beginning, but it's an awesome place to be in devotion. But God doesn't want you to stay put in just devotion. It's supposed to flow from your life unto a lost world. And so we see this God desires devotion, but His Spirit, the river of life, is moving to get to the wilderness because it's dry and it's barren and it needs to be watered it needs to be affected. You, I want you to notice something. He said that river will go by those marshy places. It'll go by those places that it that refuse to be affected by it. There are people that can be in a service that are backslid, that have been rebelling and running from God, and that river will go right by them. But somebody that's dry, somebody that's just an empty possibility, he said that river will touch them and it will heal their life. It will bring deliverance to their life. It will bring salvation to their life. That river has a purpose and it's not that God will not touch and minister to the lukewarm, but they've already heard the gospel. There's a generation that needs to hear that has never known and never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. So church, before you put all your eggs in one basket and before you only focus on the backsliders that do not want to want to come and rededicate their life think about the multitudes that have never known that rivers to flow to that wilderness amen when I say wilderness I mean a place that has never been touched it was people that would come from all over during El Nino brother Clendenin used to teach this and preach it but he said that torrential rain poured water in that valley and and that death valley over there and he said people came from miles around when the flowers began to bloom because it was the most beautiful thing that they had seen God made something out of nothing he made a glorious place out of a desert can you hear me tonight Your life and my life was a dead zone until Jesus came and breathed life upon us. So I want you to know if you desire to go deeper, you will. You will. And that devotion always leads that river unto that place of wilderness. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. My God. The word is, is full. Uh, it's a vacuum of scriptures. It, it, God begins to speak in his word. And, and, and there's a vacuum there. There's a pull there with every promise. I know there's a condition, but with every promise there, there's a possibility. And, and God said, all you got to do is draw nigh unto me, and I'll draw nigh unto you. It's all there. They that seek me early shall find me. He said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. He said, tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power. The desire of man is always filled with a response from God. So the first thing you need to know is the Holy Ghost is bringing you in thy places. And that river is moving in a specific direction for a reason and a purpose. And if we don't desire more of God, the Lord will still work to bring us into His will. It will just take longer and it will be harder on us. It's like that person that says, I'm not going to surrender my life to God. And then 15 years of prison, they decide they're going to surrender their life to God. When if they would have just did it in the beginning... They could have enjoyed the blessing of God and not have to go all the way around the mountain and lose 15 years of their life rather than just serving God and living for God. 
I was talking to somebody this week, and they said to me, I've ran for my whole life. I'm tired of running. I can't run anymore because all it's done is leave me broke, busted, and disgusted. And I don't want that no more. I want God's blessing upon my life. If you want God's blessing, you have to come and be in obedience unto God. And if you desire Him, I can tell you, He will pour out His Spirit upon you. But I read that time and time again. Afterward, he brought me. He brought me. He brought me. He brought me. Who's the he? It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Spirit of God. And if we don't desire more, the Lord will have his will and way because he loves you. It's just unfortunate that sometimes we get stuck on, yeah, Whenever we could just be rejoicing in the peace of God. You know what amazes me is people get saved and they always say the same thing. Why didn't I do this sooner? Why didn't I get saved 10 years before? Why didn't I serve God in my youth? I'm enjoying the blessedness of God's grace and His Spirit in my life, my marriage, my home, my family. Well, don't be discouraged. Thank God for where you're at today. Thank God that you're not where you used to be. May not be may not be where I want to be, may not be who I want to be or where I want to be or who God wants me to be, but I'm not who I used to be. And the devil's trying to drag you back into be who you used to be. Isn't that the way it is? He's always trying to drag you back to be who you used to be. You know, when that happened, that lady turned him into the city. The first thing I come out that door, I thought, oh, I hope she doesn't walk down that fence. Amen. <laughs> now, don't look at me and go, Pastor. Come on now. Amen. Everything's being tried, you know. That old Jonathan nature, that old, that old, you know, Adamic nature, that flesh, you know, I thought, I just hope she doesn't walk out here because I'm afraid I might say something to her. You know, I was that mad because, you know, I'm the one that, me and Kyle put those posts in the ground and, and they're talking about telling us we might have to dig them up. And I thought, oh, let me tell you something, if you just left us alone, let's be real. Amen. Don't act like you ain't. Just adjust your halo around your horns. Come on. Act all sanctimonious. Look, we're trying. And we want to be in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. But sometimes things come on. And you're doing everything not to go back and be who you used to be. I said, Lord, thank the Lord she's not here. Amen. And the more we drove down, I thought, you know what, Lord? I've got to be i got to be strong. Amen. I'm the pastor. i got to be, you know. And my daughter-in-law, she's just a rock, you know. She's like, it's all right. The Lord knows. You know what? We're going to be good to him and pray for him. And I got on the phone with Kyle, you know, and he started, oh, my goodness. I said, oh, so we got to calm down here. Amen. We're all upset. We're all upset. Amen. Can't you see it on the 5 o'clock news? Five staff members from a church in La Habra got into a Hatfield McCoy's fight with the neighbor. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. He brings temperance to your life, He'll temper that life. Amen. And I'm like, Lord, I'm thankful that the temper goes down quicker now than it used to. That's progression. Amen. Amen. Because I'd have been there all night saying, I'm telling you, she better hope I never backslide, I'll tell you right now. Come on now. He brought Ezekiel to this river's edge. thousand cubits, which is 18 inches times a thousand. I did the math. It's a one-third mile, a little over a one-third of a mile. But into the water, he brought him to his ankles. Now listen, God's trying to progress his church. 
He's trying to progress his church. And wherever you fit in the progression timeline or the matrix, don't you worry about a thing because God has you where you're at. But you and I must always be moving and always be progressing and always going on to perfection. If you're going around telling people that you're still a baby in Christ, you need to grow up. Because if you know you're a baby and you've been a baby for 10 years in church, you need to grow up. Amen. Amen. It's like Brother Clendenin said, I don't mind bottle feeding you folks, but some of you are going to have to remove your false teeth. But he brought Ezekiel to this river's edge, one third of a mile into the water. He went along that river and then he took him out and he brought him into the water. And he said, the water came to my ankles. Ezekiel says, the water was to the ankles. This is awesome. You know that we can have that experience and that is the initial experience that we have in God where we're getting our feet wet. It's the beginning stages of Christianity. But some people need to hear it tonight. You need to get out of the kiddie pool. God doesn't want you over in the kiddie pool. He doesn't want you making excuses. He said in his word, he said, I came ankle deep. That is an awesome thing. You say, I'm born again. Praise God. My sins are forgiven. Praise God. I'm on my way to heaven. Praise God. I'm standing on the Lord and standing upon his word and with the Lord. I'm happy. That's great. But there's more. You gotta want more. You gotta let the Spirit of God bring you to more. Amen. And He wants to bring you to more. We come in here on Sunday morning, we enjoy the presence of God. We enjoy the preaching. We enjoy the fellowship. We enjoy the Spirit of God moving. It's beautiful. It's awesome. But Monday morning, God wants to teach you more. He wants to lead you and disciple you and and have that devotion with Him and grow your relationship. In verse 4, the Bible says, The man led him, the Spirit of God brought him, he says, another third mile, a thousand, you know, cubits there, a thousand length there, further to the water, to his knees. There is salvation experience of peace, with God and of God. and But I can tell you when he comes to the knees, it's a different place in God. It's a deeper place. Because when the water comes to your knees, it's typology of you bending your knee and having a prayer life that prevails with God. We have a, a society and a Christian culture, I should say, that wants everybody else to do their praying for them. And church, look, I want to pray for you. I do pray for you. But we need to be exhorted tonight. We have to pray for ourselves too. We have to have our own prayer life so that we can progress in God. So he said, I was there at ankle deep. Glory to God. But God wants to bring us to a place where we're knee deep in the things of God. Knee deep in the spiritual river. And what he's saying is there's a time that comes where you're the one down on your knees. And you're the one that's prevailing in prayer. God is calling you to your knees to seek the face of God. And I want to pray for you. And I will pray for you. And I'm not begrudging praying for you but what I'm saying to you is God hears you too you can prevail with God so be prevailing in prayer prayer for yourself but also prayer for others God wants to raise up intercessors we must be intercessors and uh, you become intercessors by praying People say, I don't know how to pray like you pray or other people pray. I said, how do you think they learn? By doing. You learn by praying. You develop a prayer life. I heard Justin the other day, is he in here or is he out? He's out. Good. We had, we had something at the men's, men's meeting. We had a barbecue and Brother Tom Keynes had had that and he had just enclosed in prayer and he prayed and I thought, my goodness. I, I, I was like, brother, I said, man, you just, I sat there and cried when I heard you praying. It's powerful. I hear you praying and I hear others, you know, but I'm not going to mention you because you're sitting here in front of me, but 
Amen. I want to, you know, I just want to say that, yes, I want to say that he was praying, and I thought, Lord, that blessed me so much. I thought, where did that come from? I said, brother, I said, just hearing you pray. And he began to share with me. He said, just, just praying and being here in the house of God and being in prayer meeting and seeking the face of God and listening to other people as they're crying out to God. I learned how to pray by listening to my Sunday school teacher pray. Yeah. I saw her. I said, Sandy Moffat's got an anointing on her life. And my, where does that come from? And I said, Lord, how did that, how did she get that? Where did that come from? And I pulled up one day to the church early, about an hour early, to get things set, set up and together. I had to be there early. And I heard her in there crying out to God in travail. And the Lord said, there's your answer. Some things are caught more than taught. But bringing... Bringing uh, the, the Holy Spirit bringing you in that river to your knees is God saying to you and I, there's a greater progression, a greater place, and that place of being to your knee is that place of intercession. And I'm learning. Don't talk about it. Just do it. Don't talk about prayer. Don't talk about how much you pray. Don't talk about it. Don't mention it. Just do it. Just pray. It's like you're not supposed to tell people when you fast. Just fast and pray. Just like you're not supposed to tell people that you give, just give. Just do it. Just be anonymous about it. Or not, not anonymous, but be quiet about it. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. But ju just know this today. God wants us to pray and learn about intercession and do it. And do it in secret and watch and stand back and see as God rewards openly. Watch as He begins to move and then stand over there and just re rejoice in silence. Amen. And in obscurity and in secret rejoice. God has heard the answer I'm not saying you can't go to your friend and tell him hey brother we're praying amen I'm praying for you you know but just pray just seek God there have been times I went and I was praying for somebody and I thought Lord I'm going to text him he said don't text them just pray they don't have to know you're praying watch as God answers that prayer and rejoice Rejoice and say, Amen. God answered prayer, brother. Praise the Lord. But pray. Seek the face of God. That's that river to the knees. Oh, there's always more. Then he took him to another one-third mile. He said, he brought me another thousand cubits to the waters, to the loins. And that is the depth that reaches to a place of reproduction. Amen. There's that entry level where you get your feet wet and then you got your knees. Amen. You're to the knees. And when it comes up to here, that is a spiritual, it's spiritually symbolic of this that there's procreation that's happening. You're not just a person that got saved. You're not just a person that's praying, but you're a person that's bringing life and seeing people birthed into the kingdom of God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. And you know what, church? I just feel in my heart to say this to you, that we witness to people, but we need to be in their life for the long haul until they're birthed. We need to be, just like Jesus was like, I must need to go through Samaria. God will lay somebody on your heart and you begin to pray for them and then you seize the moment to minister to them and then the next thing you know, they'll be birthed into the kingdom. But birthing and conception and watching somebody come to birth takes time. It takes time. And we get people come up and they say, yeah, I accept Jesus, forgive me of my sins. And they go back. They weren't birthed. You say, Pastor, let me tell you something. Do you know how you know you've been born again? Your life changes. Amen. When I was born again, I went home and God said, you got to get rid of the pornography. You got to, amen. You got to get rid of the pornography. You got to stop talking back and smart mouthing your mother and, and being condescending towards her and speaking to her with a disrespectful manner. He said, you've got to change. You got to show up to work on time. Somebody's probably been late to work. Amen. Amen. Everything changes in your life. 
When you're born again, your birth, there's life, there's breath. Yeah, you need discipling, but you're there, you're alive. You're thriving to live. Amen. They didn't have to ask me to come back to church on Sunday night. I was there. Brother Dennis pulled up. He said, John Skiles, what are you doing here? I said, I come to church. Amen. I come to church. I had so much this morning. I come back for more. He said, we have church on Wednesday night. I said, I'll be there. I got in my little Chevy Chevette and drove down there to Festus Pentecostal Church of God. And here I am in that church worshiping God. I'm in the altars. They're praying with me. I'm shouting. I'm praising. I'm worshiping. I'm dancing. I was, a, I was born again. If you knew where God brought me, you'd be shouting too. Amen. He brought me up out of a miry pit. He saved me out of the scrap heap of humanity. He picked me up off of the landfill and he set me free. I know about perversion. I know about lust. I know how the devil comes in temptation. But I also know that he breaks every shackle and he breaks every chain. He can break your anger. He can break your lust. He can break these things and bring you into full victory and deliverance in the name of Jesus. When you're born again, you have the evidence and the fruit of being born again. That's the difference. That's the difference. So you can't just come up and just say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. The Bible says the devils believe and tremble. That don't mean they're saved. And they ain't going to get saved. Because redemption's not for angels. It's for you and me. That's why the devils, Peter said, look into it. I can tell you, they go, can you believe that God sent his only son to redeem these people? And they don't even want him. Can you believe they don't want redemption? They don't want this. One day they will. They'll regret it. The Bible says the angels look into that. Amen. Oh. So procreation comes. Procreation comes. Reproduction. Birthing. There's a spiritual place where you're in prayer. And you're watching people be born. I've been in prayer before and sought the face of God for people. And a week or two weeks have passed by and all of a sudden they come walking through the door and I thought. The Lord said, you prayed? You asked me to save them. And I brought them through the door. And here they are. Right here and right now. There were people in our retreat that I prayed and sought God for months. They came in and God delivered them. He set them free. Because I knew I got to get on my face. I got to seek the face of God. And he birthed something in them. I'm telling you, there is a spiritual place of progression. I'm talking to some eagles tonight. God didn't call us to be chickens. He called us to be eagles. And soar. As we grow in knowledge, in the knowledge of God and in the grace of God, as we stay in His Word and full of the Holy Ghost, we go from a position in God of salvation, and that never changes. But then we go in prayer, and we learn about prayer, and then procreation. God's bringing us to a progressive place. How many people have you witnessed to and told them about the Lord and genuinely went over to them and told them, you know what, you have an eternity to think about. Not just, I want to invite you to my church. Because you walk down the street and they threw the pamphlet on the ground. You got to seize the moment when they're there. Amen. You got to seize the moment when they're there. Healthy sheep always reproduce. Healthy churches reproduce. Your spiritual life will reproduce. That's why the altar is not only a blessing, it's critical and it's vital and it's invaluable because it reproduces and reinforces and reinstates and reminds us of what God did for us. See, reproduction isn't just us ministering to somebody and them being born again. When you are at that level, what you're doing every week when you get in this altar, you're seeking God you are reviving and reproducing, in a sense, if you will, what God has done in you. You're being reminded of the goodness of God, the blessedness of God. You, you know, I'm going to tell you something. You know why people stay faithful? Because they stay in an altar. 
and it's revived every week. It's renewed. He said, I will, I will anoint your head with fresh oil. Amen. I'll revive you. There's times of refreshing. I'm giving you scripture. He will revive that. He will renew that. He'll give you the exhortation and the message to stir up the gift of God within you. Whenever you don't have encouragement, encourage yourself in the Lord. But you will be reminded and what's been deposited in you will come alive again. What God did for us, His power, His love, and it reproduces desire in us. We need fresh desire. And God will put that fresh desire in us with every encounter. That's why God said, preacher, you got to be on your face and you got to get before that church and you always got to set that table through worship, through the word, because that's going to keep the folks coming and they're going to continue to, to, to grow and to thrive. Amen. And move in the things of God. You're here tonight because God is constantly pouring into you and ministering to you. And you're going to that place where you're saying, I want something great. Greater. I want this rebirthed. I want this restored. I want this revived in my life. His presence, His Spirit. The last progression. Listen, young preacher, if you're a young preacher in here, you feel called of God. Remember this. Don't ever forget this. Keep it fresh. Keep it fresh. Keep the Holy Spirit paramount. There have been times I knew there's issues in the church. And Lord, I can address it personally. He said, just let me. You just set the, step. You just set the platform. You just begin to lead the worship. Just pray and fast. Seek the face of God. Get up there and just begin to, that spirit of God will be flowing. And just as sure as the day is long, somebody will get up that has an issue with somebody. And they'll walk across the church and I'll watch them arm in arm, hugging and crying. Forgive me. I forgive you. Forgive me. I forgive you. And they're loving each other. They're hugging. They're praying. God said that river will heal everything. Amen. Amen. Because let me tell you something. If I tell you to do something and the Holy Ghost hasn't prompted you in your heart, you're not, you may do it, but you're going to do it out of, out of, out of uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm trying to use? I, obligation, yes. You're going to do it because you feel obligated to do it, and you're going to do it because you, but you're not going to do it because you want to do it. Amen. You're going to do it under protest. I forgive you. No, you don't. But when the Holy Ghost tells you go, you go. It's powerful. God said there are times you have to address things. But then there are times the Holy Ghost is already dealing. And if they don't do it for me, what makes you think they're going to do it for you, preacher? I see people crawl on that altar, and I think sometimes, Jesus, don't even ask. Don't even wonder, because I'll never let you know. That's between me and them. And you think something, you, you never know. They could be down there for something that's just, they're just, up, they're just going through a trial or, and, and something's disrupted their peace. And sometimes it may be deep corruption God's dealing with. But he's reproducing that. Listen, it's paramount that we have the Holy Ghost. The last progression was the waters to swim in. There's no more touching the ground. There's no more touching the floor. You're swimming in that water. Are you hearing me? You're swimming in that water. It's the place of no more touching. It's the place where you're dependent upon God. It's the place where you are totally dependent upon God. It's the place of total surrender. You know, when I was a kid, we used to go to my Aunt Donna's and they had a, a public pool. Man, those were the days. The public pool. It was just so cool because I would be there in Houston, Missouri in this little old podunk town, but they had this huge public pool and everybody would go there and it was just like, yeah, this is so awesome. And I'd be down there in the third, the, 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 uh, the, the three foot, you know, and I'd go out and it'd come up. I was about, I don't know, maybe 10 years old and, and it would get up to about, you know, five feet and it would be like right here and I was just like, I can still touch, you know, and I'm like, yeah. 
yeah, you know. And then they're all the way at the back, like at the back of the church here, you know, and they're jumping off the high dive, and they're in the, the 12 and 14 and 16 feet water and all that stuff. And I'm just thinking, man, they're down there having a blast, and I'm down here with all these kids with water wings on, and they're in the big old, you know, the inner tube you sit in, and your little little kids with their little, you know, swimming suits on, and I'm down there with, with my head above water. And one of my cousins said, why don't you just get out and go and learn how to swim at the deep end? I said, I can't touch the ground. They said, you're not going to you're not going to drown as long as there's air in your lungs because if there is a inner tube with air in it it doesn't go down you have air and you just hold your breath you'll stay on top of the water you know but I just didn't have the faith to believe that but I had to come to the place where I said yes I'm gonna jump out there and I'm just gonna do it amen and I got out there and I'm flailing in the water and I just remember them saying hold your breath and I'm holding my breath and they said just stop and I just went whoop just like, I'm not sinking. See, it's sometimes people just need to realize, just depend upon God and his word. Because it works every time. Amen. And I'm telling you, nothing could hold me back. I was running, I'm jumping. Then they told me, you need to go up on the dive board. So I went up on the little one, you know. I went up there. You know, it's about five foot down. And I'm getting out there and, you know, cannonball and all that. And I just remember going up on that high dive, and I got up there, and I thought, man, it's a long way down there. What would you do? I got off. I said, I just learned to swim. Let's not take it and go crazy here. But in that deep water where you can't touch no more, you're, just, you're enjoying the presence of God. Listen, it's more then that you're not in ankle deep, you're not at knee deep, you're not at waist deep. You are at a place where you can't touch, you're swimming in that water. And listen, it is the greatest place of enjoyment. It's the greatest depth of enjoyment, but it's also the greatest place of surrender. The deeper you go, the more enjoyable it is. But the reason why is because you're over your head, you cannot control it. You're in over your head. You cannot control it. You can't control that. You just have to flow with it. And he controls you. The Holy Spirit. See, when you're touching, you have control. God wants to take us to a deeper place where we say, Lord, you're in control. I'm not going to control. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to try to put my hand to this. This is the most glorious place. Praying in the Spirit worshiping constantly, dying to yourself. Everybody looks at that as a negative. I can tell you when you're swimming in the Holy Ghost, you want to die to yourself. Because you know that that's a greater level and measure of God occupying a place in you and flowing through you. There's nothing there that's held back. But you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. So my question is, where are you tonight? Are you ankle deep? Are you knee deep? Are you loin deep? Are you deep in the things of God? That river takes you where its current desires you to go. Are you hearing me? That current takes you where it desires. God's spirit in that river, that current will take you where it desires for you to go. And I just want more. And church, I've come to tell you tonight, there is more. There's a progression in God. Please listen to me, okay? And I mean no disrespect to anybody that has ever been taught anything. Uh, uh, you know, I, I shouldn't say it like that, but let me say this to you. I'm not trying to discount anything anybody has ever taught you, but I want to tell you something about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's real. It's real. He's real. The baptism of the Holy Ghost the evidence of speaking in tongues, and the power that goes with it. I promise you, I've been in this thing far too long and seen too many times that God has filled people with his Holy Ghost. We need him. We're coming into, in the next week, Pentecost Sunday. There will be people, amen, that they're going to hear about Pentecost Sunday. On Pentecost Sunday. Amen. 
We need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And if we will seek his face, he will fill us. And he'll give them gifts unto us and they'll come. And they're supposed to operate in the, in the church. They're supposed to. Amen. I know that they're, they're, the Bible says, let the prophets speak, but let the church judge. There is, there is that, uh, you know, the, the, the judgment of it to make sure it lines up to the word of God. But the gifts, I want the gifts to flow. I want that to be. I want the Holy Ghost to move. And, and, and he'll, I've heard people that have said, I was down there in the altar. I'm not going to tell you who. I was down there in the altar, and somebody came up to me, and they began to speak into me, began to speak a word from God. They did not know where I was at. They did not know what I was going through, but they spoke into me, and I just, only me and God knew that, and they spoke it to me. Church, I'm telling you, God wants to move in this last hour, and he will, but we need the Holy Ghost. Are you willing to go deeper? I want to go deeper. Lord, take us deeper. Amen. Tonight, would you just stand with me as we close? And I want to just close with the song and just pray that God will minister to you and I tonight as he sees it. Would you just lift your hands towards heaven?